Welcome back into the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank from the roof in Louisiana ESPN 1420 studio. I'm Scott Prather and joining me now is a man who is um, always one to share his opinion, always one to, I think at times go out on a limb, but he says it's not a limb. It's a, it's a mountain. It's sturdy. He doesn't care what anyone <laughs> has to say. Uh, at Ralph Cruditasum Malbro. Uh, at Saints That's Forecast right. on Twitter, uh, host of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. He, Andrew Juge, uh, Dave, Kevin, all of them. Do you, you guys hear me talk about the pod? It's a lot of fun. Ralph also writes for WWLTV.com and does TV spots on there. On, but I don't uh, on open Monday. my eyes during the TV spot, which is really weird, and I don't understand why I do it, and my mom has been ripping me for it. I don't understand. I can get my ums and likes and all of that like my 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 talking is great because i just fire off my jokes but i can't open my eyes in the morning and it's really weird and it freaks me out and yeah. i apologize to we, we gotta get to the it. bottom of that like what what i mean have you not had your coffee yet do you need the cat to jump know. in your view like what's know. going Maybe on it's here the ring light that i bought and it glares at me but my i like i don't open my eyes and i don't even realize that i'm doing it and then i look at myself on the replay and it's so weird and when your mom is telling you you look bad and need to open your eyes on the tv you need to open your eyes on the tv you you're just you remember you know do you know the actor <laughs> french stewart is yeah i do that's, I'm like, that's I'm what like you're doing french, i'm like the french stewart of saints football analysis i mean the guy in you know he 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 had his little run he got on a a, a sitcom that had success didn't didn't really had really done a ton since then. Maybe, maybe he's doing TV here and there, just appearing here and there. But anytime I see that dude now, I'm just going to think of Ralph Malbro not being able to keep his eyes open. I finally, my wife finally dressed me better. I, I'm in a sport coat. I look, I look really good. If I once I get my eyes open, I'm I'm going to go places. Yeah, I, I tell you. there's a reason you you like me work in the audio world and not the TV world. Let's be that's fair. right. Let's be real. Uh, all right, dude. We got. I got to talk some Saints with you, man. Uh, Ralph Malbro from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Twenty twenty has been rough for a number of reasons, dude. Saints have won nine in a row, and Crazy. they're they're not they're not perfect, but my God, the depth of this roster for Peyton to and the Saints to be eight and zero without Breeze last year and this year, and not just eight and zero straight up, but also against the spread for the betters out there to just keep winning the way they are it's fun like saints games now was i was i stressed as a mother yeah i was whenever Taysom fumbled it and atlanta got momentum and and suddenly they had the ball with you know a few seconds left but most of sunday was fun maybe not the fourth quarter but nine in a row is fun i don't i don't know if they're winning the super bowl yet this year ralph i, I they're they're definitely one of the contenders they have the roster depth for it I don't know. I just I'm doing my best to just live in the moment as somebody that's followed this franchise my whole life and enjoy what 2020's been because even when Breeze goes down and his lungs punctured, somehow the Saints games still <laughs> become a lot of fun. I mean, it's this is as fun a season as I can remember. They they are going to rule the NFC South for an entire presidential administration that in and of itself is ridiculous when you add the injuries by the way 
2017 and 2018, no team had more people on IR than the Saints. When you add that in, they've started three quarterbacks, and they just keep stacking division titles. It's just ridiculous. They made Atlanta look – Matt Ryan, they made him look kind of washed. Like his arm looked kind of shot. He looked tentative. And he's a good, he's been a good, sometimes great quarterback for the Falcons. And the Saints – owned them for three plus quarters down two corner down two corners and Davenport who is kind of the guy who's the secret sauce of the pass rush and that's why we sort of give we call him Marcus two first and we give him a lot of crap because Saints fans in our heart we know that he's kind of the nitroglycerin to that defensive line and I don't I don't believe I do believe that you saw it kind of step back a little bit from the first Atlanta game. It's because he's not in there. But in spite of that, they still looked amazing. They got Kawan Alexander, who's an underrated signing. It gives them dynamic linebackers, plural, for the first time we've ever said that. When was the last time you said that about the Saints, right? They just have everything. And I look around the NFL, Scott, and Pittsburgh, they lost at home to Washington. Kansas City struggled at Denver with Denver. I know that's a division game, so that can get kind of weird. But there's no team in the NFL, in my mind, that you can say they're clearly better than the Saints. Yeah, I would favor Kansas City against the Saints when they play in a couple weeks, but only slightly. The Saints have everything you want in a team to win a Super Bowl. Will they? I don't know. The only thing that scares me with them is no team fumbles more than them in oh. the NFL, and that has got to stop because they've fumbled more times than any team in the NFL, but they've only lost eight of the 24, and that's just sheer fumble. That's just luck, right? And that's going to even out. So they need to get that corrected like right now, and it's it's sort of a problem lingering out there that we don't that I don't think people – fans necessarily know about it. Sean Payton, I'm sure, is aware of it. But the fumbling, it cost them the playoff game in Minnesota. They need to clean that up. But besides that, I don't see weakness. The the the, the fumbles are, I mean, first of all, Taysom's fumbles have got it. If they don't stop, then we'll get to them long-term anyway. I mean, he won't. They if, if, if that last fumble doesn't roll out of bounds and Atlanta scoops and scores, the mood of this entire week is different. The outlook of the season is different. I know it's just one game, but there is no wiggle room. You look at Green Bay's schedule, they have one difficult game left, and it's Tennessee who, you know, I mean, Cleveland put they're how many run, on them? I they're going to burn Tennessee to the ground. Baker Tennessee's all de- burned them to the ground with yeah. play action. You don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to do that? Come on. Tennessee's defense, Tennessee's defense is bad. Like, the only thing is Green Bay's defense – they're not the best against the run. They're not the most physical. So if, if Tennessee can dictate pace, but I just yeah. feel like they can't, not against Aaron Rodgers. My point is, I, I don't know. Look, Green Bay's got some divisional games left, but I don't know that they're going to lose a game. They're going to be favored in every game they play this year. Yep. The Saints, you know, you got Philly this week. Then you, got, then you got the Chiefs. And then you got Minnesota on a short week Christmas day. Um, and, and then you close with Carolina. There's just... They, there is no wiggle room. You really need that one seed. And if some of these fumbles bounce one way or the other, you're, you're looking yep. at them not about to, you know, clench the, the NFC South, which they, they can do this weekend. Everything is just different 
if some of these fumbles, but like you say, when you win some of those critical mistakes or, you know, would be mistakes in a critical situation, they're quickly forgotten. I haven't forgotten about them. And if Taysom can't protect the football, then Peyton is not going to say, okay, this is a guy we're going to play at least for a year at quarterback when Breeze retires. It's the one thing, and I, and someone can bring up Jameis Winston and all his turnovers at Tampa Bay. Well, guess what? Jameis isn't starting, you know? Like, it, 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 there's a reason he's not starting for anybody this year. You turn the ball over as much as Taysom hasn't but could if the ball bounces a little different, then he can forget about being a quarterback outside of whenever he's backing up Drew Brees. I mean, we could talk about all the good stuff he's doing, Ralph, but you know that's not something that Peyton's going to fool around with. Well, and it's concerning too, uh, Scott, because when Drew comes back, Taysom is going to still play. He's going to be limited. He's going to get his you know four, five, six snaps at quarterback game. But those snaps are likely to be in the red zone when they're like, hey, we're going to run quarterback power. We're going to do this and do that. And the thing is, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that when you fumble, other teams know it, and they say, hey, hold him up, second guy, get in there and punch the ball out. And so it makes it more difficult. And if he was a running back, Peyton would bench him. Like, he did it in, what was it, 2015 or 2016? 2016, Mark. Ingram yeah. Because he fumbled back, back-to-back weeks. And yeah. he, he bent – it was against Seattle. He benched Ingram, played Tim Hightower and his two 80-year-old man knees – and Tim Hightower ran for like 110, and they beat Seattle. But he benched Ingram because he's like, dude, you can't be putting the ball on the ground. So, like, I think the rope for Taysom is going to be incredibly short once he goes back to the bench uh, and is, you know, back to being Taysom, Swiss Army knife guy. It is going to be incredibly short if he continues to fumble. Are you, Ralph Malbro, the Saints Happy Hour podcast and WWL-TV, our guest, are you with me in that you think Breeze comes back for Kansas City? Is that is that the, the, the date you have down of when he's likely going to be back under center? I do because I know, you know, Glazer and different NFL guys were like, oh, he, he's on schedule. But I saw him doing his, like, mock walkthrough in Atlanta, and he looked like a guy that wasn't turning – very crisply like if you if you if you're familiar with Drew Brees' insane sort of preparation and warm-up routine he does he does a lot of like twisting and turning I didn't see too much of that and look I'm not a doctor but I just think if you can't go to Philly and beat the three eight and one Eagles with Taysom Hill then I mean come on man and I was it's sad that that they pulled Wentz because Wentz is a broken quarterback. Like he was god awful the last five, six, seven weeks, and Philadelphia was finally just like we got it. We had enough. We're putting in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts looked pretty good against Green Bay, but the Saints look. They're a veteran. They're the number one defense in the NFL statistically. You can measure it however you want. Uh, they're an elite defense. They're going to be ready for Jalen Hurts. They'll throw some stuff at him, but he is kind of a wild card in that you don't know what he's going to deliver if. Carson Wentz was playing. I know what he delivered. The Saints, they beat him up. They beat his brains out in 2018 when he wasn't nearly as broken as he is now. Um, So that's a little disappointing. But Philadelphia, man, they are a mess. And if if Doug Peterson, if he didn't have a Super Bowl ring, 
he'd probably be in danger of getting fired in Philly. They are, you know, if you people haven't watched them, they are in a, an abysmal failure on offense. Like, until Jalen Hurts led him to a drive last week, they looked awful. The, like, Carson, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier this week who works at a news station here, Andrew, and he grew up in Pennsylvania, so he's an Eagles fan, and he was pointing out to me that he felt like Wentz last year actually had a, a strong stretch of games. We just don't remember. I just remember in 2017, it seemed like he was going to be, you know, this this next MVP quarterback, and mm-hmm. he's just bad. Like this, like there's no other way about it. He's just playing bad football this year. And Peterson, uh, Andrew was telling me he feels like the, between the GM and the head coach, there's some. There's not great synergy there, and Peterson's maybe not as much of a Hurts guy as some others in the building are, and just that kind of disarray, that's that's not a good recipe. And yet, you know, as pathetic as the NFC East is, if they win a few games, they'll be right back in the hunt for maybe getting to the playoffs. Uh, is that bad. So, you know, this game against Philly, it's just I think if you don't turn the ball over, you get ready for Kansas City, you're back at home, and you probably have Breeze back. And – you need Breeze back if you want to make a run to the Super Bowl. I know that e- 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 even saying that, Ralph, I am more concerned about this team once the postseason comes around. I am more concerned about their offense costing them a game in the playoffs than their defense. Maybe if they're playing the Packers, I feel a little different. But right now, I think any other opponent, I'm not really worried about the Saints defense in the postseason. I am a little worried about the offense, not that it can't be explosive, just based on the way the last few seasons have ended. Defensively, we talked before the season about how this team had so much depth, and then early on in the season, they weren't playing good. Bottom line, they weren't playing close to their potential. They were just playing bad. There was a a busted coverage, it seemed like, every week. And now they've gone on this stretch, and I get that they haven't been playing some of the best teams, but you know, Tampa Bay, they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, Matt Ryan, for as many jokes as I make, he's passed for a lot of yards this year. Not against the Saints, but against some other teams. He threw for some on Sunday. I don't, don't get me wrong. Like, there, the you look at what Atlanta did the week before against the Raiders. It's not like the Denver game, throw it out, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to make a, a large judgment from that. But the way the defense has come along over the last five, six weeks, I'm I'm not concerned about the defense in the postseason unless it's the Packers – uh, in the NFC, I'm I'm more concerned about this offense when we get to playoff time, possibly costing them a game. Well, you, the thing with the offense you worry about is they have these stretches where they don't look great, and they'll have a quarter, quarter, quarter and a half, two quarters where they just don't look great, and they kind of stumble and stutter around. The thing that's concerning with the Saints right now is guard. You know, Ruiz, they benched him. They played Nick Easton. Nick Easton sort of is has the floor. His his ceiling and his floor are like slightly above average, right? Um, and he can struggle sometimes in pass coverage. So you, you worry about that. And to me, Scott, the team that I fear the most in the playoffs is the Rams again because I look at the Rams. They have Aaron Donald. Where do the Saints struggle? on the interior, right, with the injuries. Pete has had concussions and other injuries. McCoy is playing with the RoboCop arm. Uh, I just talked about Ruiz and Easton struggling. You have Aaron Donald. Then you have Jalen Ramsey, 
who can take away Michael Thomas. He's an elite corner, in theory. So the Rams, you combine that with McVay, he, they would worry me the most. I look at other teams, I don't really worry about any other teams. And I'm going to tell you something. I know it sounds crazy, and this, you know, an- analysts would scream and yell at me, but I really think if the Saints have to go to Green Bay and it's really horrible weather, I think that's an advantage for the Saints. Because you look at the Saints, when they played last year against Minnesota, and they played how they played against Denver, and how they played even against San Francisco, they're a cold-weather team, man. Cold-weather teams. What do they do, Scott? They play awesome defense, and they run the ball down your throat, and they hit a little bit in the passing game. Like, that's what the Saints are, man. And if they play Green Bay in horrible weather and Aaron Rodgers can't throw the ball deep, that's the one thing that Green Bay does that the Saints can't do. If the Saints, you don't think about them this way because they're a dome team and they're Drew Brees and he's got all the passing records, but the 2020 Saints, Scott, they're a team that they are like, we want to get you in this phone booth and we want to beat the crap out of you. And that's what they are with their physical dominant defense and their offensive line at times. So I think that favors them. That's the, the team that worries me in the playoffs is the Rams. And the Saints, you want that number one seed because you look at the NFC East, all the jokes we've made about it, right? But you're going to have the Giants or you're going to have Washington. Washington beat the Steelers on the road. The Giants beat Seattle. With Colt McCoy road. and Alfredo Morris yeah. somehow, which is so, crazy. So you could have the Giants or the Redskins be in the four seed at like seven and nine and playing the five seed Tampa or whoever, and Tampa would be a heavy favorite, but they could win against Tampa or whoever at home. But I'm telling you, so a team with a losing record like the Giants or Washington, they're not winning two playoff games. So you want that number one seed for a lot of reasons. But if you could get a first playoff game after a week off and get to play Alex Smith at home, oh, sign me up for that, baby. So you're you're going oh. ahead and you're 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 calling it. You feel like the team out of the dreadful NFC East is going to win a playoff game. I think they're going to win a playoff game, and I'm going to tell you why. I think Tampa is going to be the five seed, and here's the thing with Tampa. Tampa. They have a really high ceiling because they have all those weapons. They have Brady and they have Evans and they have, you know, uh, Godwin and, you know, Fournette and all that. But the thing about the, the Bucks is Arians, he's a good coach only in a sense of he has this really interesting offensive scheme that if it hits, man, it can look amazing. Like Tampa, they've looked, they looked great against the Packers, although Aaron Rodgers is terrible game. They look great against the Raiders. But, man, when their offense is not hitting, they look dreadful. They looked awful against the Saints twice. They looked awful against the Bears. They looked awful against a lot of teams. They're 7-5. and five. So I think if they went to Washington or they went to New York and it was cold and it was windy and you got 43-year-old Brady and you got Arians who doesn't really know how to adjust on the fly – I think they could lose, and I think they, I think they will lose uh, to Washington or the Giants, even though they'll be like a seven, eight, nine point favorite in that game. And then, if you're looking at a three seed, if if Tampa Bay is going to be the uh, the five, well, then the six is probably going to be Seattle. Um, the seven will be Arizona or Minnesota or someone like that. Um, I don't know, man. I, I it. it 
going back to a point you made a few minutes ago, you're talking about the Saints and this idea of them, the way they're built isn't traditional. Traditionally, how they've been built the last 15 years, they're they're more of they're a, they play in a dome most of the time. It's funny. Last month, I was talking to a coworker of mine, Greg Larnard, who's a Packers fan. And I said, and, and he didn't disagree with me. I said, the weird thing about the Packers this year is they're actually built like a dome team. Like, that's how they're built in terms of the things they in their style of play. I said, I, I, I have questions, you know, when things get super cold, if, if it's better for Green Bay to be on the road in a dome in a playoff game as opposed to at home, especially in a year where you're not going to have a ton of fans in the stands. Um, and I think, I think ideally, you know – no one. I don't think anyone's going to agree with you or I on this, but for Green Bay, I think they're better off in the playoffs if they have to. Like if if the Saints have to host Green Bay in the dome in an NFC Championship game, Ralph. I mean, I'm I'm nervous. That's tough, right? You're going to Green Bay. You could say, well, you don't want to go to Lambeau, and I. It's such a weird year, man. I mean, 2020, so many yeah. things are backwards, and I don't even know that I would fully. If you said, look, you could take a home game or road game, I I might not do it, but. I just when you brought it up, it brought me back to a conversation I had a month ago about the Packers and the fact that they are built more like a dome team. Well, they, they just happen to play most of their games outside in the freezing cold. Well, the thing about the Packers is their defense is kind of light in a sense of they're built to play from ahead. Like they have, they have that they have the pass rush duo, and they can get after you when they get ahead. But if you can stay ahead of them, their problems that they had last year are the same as they ever were, man. They lost the NFC Championship game. Garoppolo passed eight times. San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan just designed a run game. And it's like, hey, Green Bay, you can't stop the run. We're going to jam it down your throat. And that is their same old problem. But it doesn't matter because they're never behind because Aaron Rodgers and that offense is still dynamic, right? But if you get them and you can stay on schedule and you can stay ahead, you can mash them. And so I just think the Saints going to – I would almost favor – I know this sounds crazy, but I think I would almost prefer the Saints to, if they play Green Bay, to have to play in Green Bay. That's wild. The thing is you would rather just the Saints get the number one seed – and somebody else do the work and beat Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the best all. path to the Super Bowl. Um, but I don't know, man. The one seed might be Green Bay's because the Saints, you know, they might drop one they shouldn't, or they might drop one to Kansas City. Um, all I know is I, now I'm starting to look ahead with you. I want to try to enjoy the moment. The Saints have won nine in a row. All right, Ralph Malbro, our guest. Final question for you. I think I saw the Saints actual account put this on Twitter earlier this week. Uh, what is your first Saints memory? You know, I, you're, you're a Saints historian. Now, you're a few years older than me. My first memory is as much as I, like I remember seeing this, the 86 team on, t- on TV um, when I was four. Like I remember uh, I, I think Reuben Mays was, was a rookie. Um, or am I thinking of, yeah, I think Reuben Mays was a rookie. Dalton Hilliard was a rookie. You had Bobby Bear. Like, I, I remember Mel Gray, and I remember the Saints, I think, that year. They were okay. They just, they still, I think they were seven and nine. But, like, they had they had three or four pro bowlers. Like, you started to see Finks and, I mean, um, you know, Jackson and Sam Mills. I think Morton Anderson. 
they were just you i remember people in my family saying like well you know they're still not good but they don't suck that was kind of the consensus you yeah. know and uh and it was like jim moore's first year so i had some i have some vague memories of 86 and then i remember 87 when they reeled off i don't know like eight wins in a row or nine wins yeah. in a row something like that and then just got completely housed in the in the playoffs uh but it was um it was a fun season, man. It was like, those are my early memories. So my question to you is, as you would guess, what is your first Saints memory? My first Saints memory, I, I when I was like five or six, I think, or six or seven in 1980, I cried and cried and got my dad to take me to a Bengals game with the Saints lost. And he bought the cheap tickets and we ended up sitting like 50-yard line. But my really, my first two Saints, vivid, vivid Saints memories are the Saints played the Bears, when Walter Payton broke the rushing record for Jim Brown, and they stopped the game, gave him the ball, and Bum Phillips walked to midfield and shook his hand. That memory, and also in 1985, after the Saints fired Bum, uh, we got tickets to 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 uh, to see them play the Rams, and Wade Phillips was the interim coach, and he was a young, thin Wade Phillips wearing a suit on the sideline. And they won, right? Saints, and they trucked the yeah. Rams. They, <laughs> beat their brains in and uh that's my first real great saints memory um you know and another another one real quick was in 87 after they lost to the 49ers and jim mora did the coulda woulda shoulda speech i remember watching it on the news and my dad who wasn't really a big football fan he turned to me and he said jim mora either the saints are gonna kill that man and he's gonna drop dead of a heart attack well, that man's going to get the Saints to win it. And sure enough, the next week they beat Atlanta 42 to nothing. They're off and running. But I, those, are my, those are my vivid Saints memories from my childhood. Good stuff. Ralph Malbro has been our guest. Give him a follow on Twitter if you're not already, at Saints Forecast, and check out the Saints Happy Hour podcast. It's a lot of fun. They've been churning out content constantly um, and, uh, and daily. It's fun. There's jokes, a lot of Saints talk, and uh, Ralph is – very opinionated, put it that way. But they all give each other uh, they all give each other a lot of grief. I enjoy it; it's a fun listen. And uh, Ralph, man, I appreciate the time as always, my friend. And um, let's keep this thing rolling, man. Let's 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 let's. The Saints need to get you know you know. I'm gonna go ahead and end it on a, on a negative note. So I'll apologize before. <laughs> you want to know what my real biggest fear is? The what Saints is the the Saints are are the one seed. Everything's lining up nice. The Packers get upset in the first round, and then COVID hits, and the NFL forces oh, the Saints my. to play a game, and they just, they just, they're missing too many people, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't like that. That that will not surprise me at all, and yet it, it kind of has me petrified. I'm not going to lie. Well, I'll say this about COVID, and then we'll get out of here. I will say the Saints come playoff time, probably even a little bit before playoff time. They're gonna go to the mini. Hey, uh, you know, uh, Miss Benson, can you rent us out uh, the the uh, the a five star hotel, the entire thing? Buy it. So we so we can uh, Miss Gale rent us out rent us out a five star hotel so we can soft bubble this thing. Starting like the Carolina, the, the you know, especially like 
you start the Carolina week and you have the bye and you make everybody hotel, practice facility, back to the hotel, you can really hard bubble it. And the thing that they're going to do is you know that every team in the NFL looked at Denver and, it, and is like, we cannot have what happened to the Broncos happen to us. Jameis, you are like in quarantine, bubble, not going to whatever it takes because that's 100%. But I think you're right. I think COVID just sort of – it just lingers over everything, right? Like you can think it's wonderful, and then you get the news that happened to Denver – where they don't have a quarterback, you get something similar, but it's the Saints, right? So it's just this like black cloud that hangs over everything in our entire lives. And we just, with the Saints, we just kind of block it out, right? Because sports is playtime, and it's fun, and it's an escape. And we just don't want to think about COVID. So we just kind of like shove it to the side. It's like the wolf at the door, right? And we just want to pretend that it's not there, but we all know it's just one Adam Schefter tweet away oh. from everything collapsing around us. The NFL be, is just hoping and praying that that the playoffs are don't have a big issue. It's one thing we you know look that 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 Saints Denver game was gross. I mean it was it was just I look for from a Saints standpoint you know glad you got the win all that stuff. But just from like a football standpoint it was. It was gross, and yet everyone's willing to kind of accept it and move on. Like, oh, whatever, Denver's not good anyway, yada, yada. That happens in any playoff game, man. The NFL's just going to look rough. And even, even if a team does everything right, you know, do they, do they push the entire playoffs back a week for one team? Do they do any of that? Does it depend on who that team is? I mean, the, just opening the door to fans' potential reaction to it all. I, uh, I, just, I just pray that that doesn't happen. But anyway, sorry, I had to end it on a <laughs> negative fear-based um, comment. Uh, Ralph, appreciate it, man. At Saints Forecast on Twitter, at Saints Happy Hour Podcast. You guys check it out. Google, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, all that. Go give them a good rating. Go give them a follow if you're not already doing it. All right, dude, I've rambled enough. Have a good one, man. Appreciate you taking the time this morning. Anytime, Scott.